Hello, welcome back to the movie quest. My name is Alex. My my name is Jesse. And this week is a David Cronenberg film from nineteen eighty eight called Dead Ringers. Mm-hmm. 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 And it was my pick this week. Um, and I'm Destiny, to talk about it. Destiny chose chose it for Alex. Yes, it sure it did. And us. Yes, it sure did. And um, I guess before we start, we always like to talk about kind of why I added it to my watch list. You know, <laughs> why the hell did I even add this in the first place? You How know? to get on your radar? Where did yeah. it come from? How the fuck? I, I've never even heard of this movie. You know? How did you even? Just, like, what? <laughs> I feel like most people probably haven't heard of this film because it's from 1988. You know? I, I feel like I feel like maybe younger younger people, people younger than us, might mm-hmm. not be as aware of Cronenberg. <laughs> no. But I feel like Dead Ringers was like a pretty big movie initially when it came out. I mean, it was a big ca- Canadian movie. Yeah. Uh, but um, I don't know. Was what it the like impact... was it like a big box office success? Well, Let's let's refer to our notes. Let's refer to our notes, aka Wikipedia, the <laughs> uh, the Every Man's Encyclopedia. Um, I'm just curious I, because this was after The Fly, so which that was a critical was success. A, oh yeah, that was a box office critical success. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this was a follow up one that was a yes, pretty big it was. one. Okay, so it was 13 million budget and a 14 million box office. So it okay. wasn't like it wasn't like a huge <laughs> one million dollar profit. Yeah. I think I think it um I think it was pretty well received critically though. But I'm sure that this has become like a cult film, like most of David Cronenberg's films. I and I think see. it's considered one of his best, better, best films. I probably too. should have done research before we started this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We're not the researching types. We don't like books. We but like I'm movies. But I'm a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like to read. I like to watch movies and watch it. Um, <laughs> but, so I added this watch list and kind of gave it away a little bit, but uh, I'm a big fan of the filmmaker. David Cronenberg, who's a writer-director primarily known for making horror films. Um, most notably, kind of created, I'll say it, created, really, really, you know, popularized is a better word, the body horror genre, subgenre of horror. Right. Meaning, you know... He's a granddaddy for sure. Godfather, one of those things. He's, how the, you, he's a progenitor. How would you describe body horror to somebody who doesn't quite know what that means i would say that a body horror film is a horror film in the horror genre but it focuses on (laughs) the bodily bodily (laughs) harm and distortion and mutation to uh the human form so either usually a transformation into a mark so like a werewolf is kind of like kind of on that spectrum but body horror is more gory and gross I would say than like the werewolf idea but the idea of like like American Werewolf in London is very body horror in the transformation Mm -hmm. scene like that's a body horror scene but more of a movie like Videodrome or The Thing is a whole horror movie based around body horror and and that type of human mutilation I would go even deeper than that where like um, yeah right yeah mutilation of the body, you know, yeah. as a primarily, you know, 
focus on the horror. But also, but would you call would you call Saw a body horror film? Because I would call that. I don't, I don't no, know. Because what I would say is that Cronenberg's work not only is it you know has scenes of body mutilation in it, thematically is right. Usually, his films deal with um, fucked up like obs- things about the body and right. and human bodies in general. Like the fly being maybe the greatest That's a great example, example a, of that. Because yeah. that film is literally about a character trans like a human transforming into another yeah. being. And not just, you know, and the film is about these existential questions of, you know, these really deep, dark, right, gross questions, you know. So right. it goes farther than Saw is just watching a guy get his it's not about, you know, it's more about it's kinda, the psychological yeah, yeah, yeah. torment of torture than you know, than it is about, you know, um the human it's like organs. This, yeah, and, and it's their like functions. the psychology and the psychology of of the human transforming into into a monster or something. Right, 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 like right. Franz Kafka, the metamorphosis. Yeah, that type Kafka of stuff. is I feel like yeah, I mean I didn't even think about that connection, but I'm sure Cronenberg is like Kafka is a cool, yeah. He, he read that. He read cool that. Cool like, Oh my Let god! is a cool book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So very like Kafka esque. Yeah. It's very very yeah. That's super true. And Deadbringers is a really fascinating film mm-hmm. in his filmography because this is not. I think is his first. If I'm looking at his filmography. You know, just to like list some films off that people don't aren't aware of David Cronenberg, and we said a few already. But uh, The Brood, um, Stanners, The Fly, Video Drum, um, later you know later in life is you know Oscar nominated films like A History of Violence and mm-hmm. uh, Eastern Provinces, um, and his recent film that came out last year that we both loved. Crimes of the Future that is streaming mm-hmm. on Hulu right now, so I'm sure and I'm sure it's Kristen Stewart, so I'm, so, I'm sure that you've stumbled upon it, you know, on your Hulu search. It's also um, on Canopy, as well as Dead Ringers. Dead Ringers and Crimes of the Future is both on Canopy. Oh, is it? Yeah. And mm-hmm. I watched Dead Ringers on HBO Max, the greatest mm-hmm. streaming service. Um, easily, hands down. Come fight me. HBO... <laughs> Pit force are going to appear outside your window at all times. The Netflix supporters. Ted Sarandos is going to come, you know, spank my ass. <laughs> um, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, but Devery is really fascinating because all those folks that I listened to were basically in succession. And they're basically all revolving around this body horror idea. This, like, very, like, gory, culminating in the fly. And Devery mm-hmm. is the first one that he made to my knowledge that, um, I would, there are body horror elements to this film, you know, but it's not as um, intense as something like The Fly. And but it's, it's not, there. It's definitely it's, there. But it's, it's like, Dead Ring, yeah, you're right, because it's really interesting because it's like um, the body horror of Dead Ringers is more internal rather than external. You don't see a lot of visual <laughs> body yeah, horror. Yeah. But it's, it's the themes are very present. I still feel like the themes of the body horror, Cronenberg's vibe is there. Totally. And they're, you know, we'll get into it. And they're, there are, you know, bot- there are scenes in this movie that are like, what? Like, straight out of Cronenberg's fucking, you know, uh, 
you know, his repertoire, you know, just, uh, yep, that's a Cronenberg scene, you know, mm-hmm. just watch that scene and you're like, yeah, he directed that. Um, <laughs> and um, so, yeah, let's set this up for people. So this movie stars Jeremy Irons. And as, Jeremy Irons. And Jeremy Irons, and <laughs> he plays twins. Um, and funny enough, I knew that this was a, 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 a do- I thought that this was a doppelganger movie. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that this was a movie about twins. I thought it was for some reason in my head. I always thought that this was like a sci-fi film. That's that you was know? also my perception of this. Yeah, film I don't, I don't too. know why. Maybe sure it's why. because he makes he's you know made a lot of sci-fi films. I don't know why yeah. I had that. Maybe the trailer films. gives off that vibe. I don't think I ever saw a trailer. I think I just saw a still, and I was either. like, doppelganger. <laughs> You know, yeah, I know. think in my head like, oh, maybe they're twins. That's funny that we both what a thought dumbass. that. But yeah, they're you twins. Know? Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So they're twins. And uh, Elliot is a gynecologist. Mm-hmm. I think they're both. They're both gynecologists. Right. Sorry, they're both gynecologists. <laughs> this film is crazy, and it's hard to kind of. We'll get into it. It gets <laughs> wacky and wild, and it's confusing. <laughs> We're selling it purposely, but. Uh, yeah, they're both gynecologists, and the plot of the film, very loosely, is that Elliot likes to have affairs with his patients, mm-hmm. and when he gets bored of them, he goes, <laughs> he goes, hey, Bev, you want to yep. go at it? Because they look the exact same. Yeah, and so identical, they, and Bev, super identical twins. And Bev is the, is the um, I would say maybe a more reserved one, the more like a, you know aloof, introvert you know, and extroverted. extroverted. And Elliot is the more uh, you know brass. He, he does a lot of you know he teaches. He's very like more out extroverted, very charming, charming, super charming. sociable, charismatic. Exactly. Right. And Bev can't get a girlfriend, so Elliot's just like, hey, just pretend you're me, and you can bang this this my patients, you know? Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> automatically fucked up. Just crazy, bizarre situation, and a very like erotic thriller, which uh, mm-hmm. I, which is well, a big the setup, big the aspect. setup of it, yeah, yeah, that's this, yeah. a huge aspect of Cronenberg's work too. Totally, and yeah. a, a really wacky, fucked up sex, exactly, stuff. and uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's known for that, and um, and yeah, that's loosely and basically uh, things go get. Crazy, trippy, uh, deception, uh, betrayals, crazy shit. Uh, what this film devolves into. Um, and yeah. you've seen this film before, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I saw it. I saw it once in college, so it's been a couple couple of years. Um, and I was I was I'm really curious to see what you thought cause yeah. after your first viewing of it. Because for me, my first viewing was um i was still like kind of processing it and like i didn't know kind of how i felt yeah and the second time i was watching it i was so in it i loved it so much that makes me feel better because like i i like this film um i wouldn't say that this is my favorite like this is not nowhere near like my favorite carnival movie like right now and like you know i have like reasons for that i didn't love this movie i liked it i i mean i liked it it's fucking yeah. incredible movie, you know, and it's cool, you know, it's very cool. I think for me, like, just broadly right now speaking, I love the first act of this movie. I love the third act of the movie. There are parts of the second act that I don't know how I felt about. 
of like we could talk about that. Yeah, yeah. But, like, so yeah, I, I had a sim. I really did have a similar experience, but yeah. watching it this time, I think it is one of my favorite Cronenbergs yeah, now. That's cool. I, 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 yeah. I like really like I like it. I love Crimes of the Future, and I like this even more than that now. Um, that's cool. Uh, which uh, Crimes of the Future is actually really similar in themes. Of, <laughs> yeah, that was the first thing that I thought. That was really funny. Where there's a line literally in this movie that is almost like you know further exploring in Crimes of the Future where. He literally says, "I listen to the inner beauty pageant." Yeah, um, I thought that was so cool. Yeah, he did so it. like he obviously um, followed through with that idea uh, with *Crimes <laughs> of the Future* almost twenty years later, which is fascinating, right? Yeah, and it's almost it's almost interesting to think about you know, and Marvel has ruined us all, but like thinking about uh, *Dead Ringers* and *Crimes of the Future* being in the same you know universe <laughs> or timeline, <laughs> like the progression. Dude, it's the sequel. <laughs> yeah but um but I, I thought that was really i thought that was really cool to yeah, hear that line totally, that yeah. he had that in his head about an inner beauty pageant and he yeah. kind of manifested that in crimes in crimes of the future yeah um i i i really really yeah that, that part that that was a you know that was something that, about the film that i really loved because you know you're right like this very like thematically is really tight like that i've seen uh, most of his films and crimes of the future it's funny because it's the most recent one is the closest to this film in terms of like you know what it's about like what the, the themes of it you know obviously crimes of the future is a, you know different you know it's definitely a, it's a different story and it's a different like it's almost like a you know it's a furthering of some of these ideas that are in this movie um yeah. but um so that's curious so like okay what makes this one of your favorite Cronenberg movies now i'm glad you asked um because <laughs> you're welcome there's there there's a lot there's a lot <laughs> of elements to it that i i like and that i i felt it all synergized the second time i yeah. watched it because i like picked it up the first time and now and then it, i like, had that it just feeling sunk that it in. probably do that for me too so so what i love i i love jeremy iron's performance I'll, I'll is is insanity it's it's so powerful to me and what he does is um like in how he talks about the performance it's less that he presents a visual distinction between Mm -hmm. the two and it's about blurring like who's who that's a big part of the movie but in jeremy's iron performance it's so good he says he internally identifies a difference between the two brothers and you can see it like in his performance like when when you're cutting between them it's in his body posture slightly in his hair sometimes the glasses sometimes not but there's there's an immense that so just his performance i love watching that his performance is unbelievable unbelievable the other thing that I, I loved is this whole crazy because it's it's sort of um the the twin idea is really I, I love how they delve into it and they don't do it in sort of like a boring movie mm-hmm. way that yeah. I feel like oh, I've seen most different. of the time with oh, dom- yeah, way, doppelgangers. Way, way, way because they because instead of focusing on the fear of having a double, it's like this um it's this incestuous like self love type of thing that they have for each other. Right. Where it's 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 where they they feel like they are almost literally the same person, and that's really interesting. I love those things yes. in the movie. I, yeah, that, that's my that. favorite part of this movie is the the idea of because there are doppelganger movies like Us, Enemy, which is a movie I love, Enemy. Mm-hmm. It's a really crazy doppelganger movie. Double, you know, like there's there's tons of different things, but there's also like, but this film is cool because it's it's taking the idea of twins. 
and almost like looking at yeah, like we were saying, like almost the same person or the same soul, you know? Yeah. And that was almost like kind of like the thesis of the movie, and like that leads that leads these characters to um, go mad, you know, because of this like almost unbreakable bond that they have with one another that yeah. you know I I, w- I I wish I could like I wish that I had time to watch this again yeah. you know because this movie does it is so interesting and there are so many like decisions in this movie especially towards like the, the second act as the demise of both of them is like happening right. that I was you know, at the time of doing it and not kind of knowing kind of where the movie was going or anything, like, kind of left me, like, with a head scratcher, you know, be like, what was that decision about? And and I think, like, I'm sure when I rewatch this, I'll probably like it more. That's so interesting because that's exactly my experience with my first viewing. And the second time I saw it, it's like I could understand. I understood every single decision so much clearly. It was like, it was like I, it it all connected for me when I watched it the second time. I think for me, like, each scene is super bizarre isolated. It's so bizarre. Yeah, because like, you know, what I liked is like the first act of this movie is, um, like I said, it's it's an erotic thriller setup. Like, mm. it's literally like, you know, Claire, who's a fucking weird-ass character. Um, Which I, I, I loved her character. She's I great. Really yeah, like, her. she's awesome in this movie. This character is so bizarre. But she, um, so, yeah, like, Elliot, you know, tells Bob, like, go, you know, you know, pretend not me, go hang out with Claire. And it becomes just like, you know, obviously tension between you know uh claire and claire finds out that there, there's a twin and that whole falling out happens at the dinner table when it's which with, is really which is really interesting because when you're watching the movie you think that's the end of the movie well right? that's my point that i'm making is that i that part was hard for me to adjust to but i'm mm-hmm. sure that when i watch it again i'll be accepting it because it's it really does like Claire disappears. That character disappears through half, you know, halfway through the film and doesn't come back until the end in a really great way and, like, really powerful way in the film at the, at the yeah. end. Is yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, that part, I was like, I, it's almost like I was trying to get, like, the footing back. Of, like, oh, I was like, Absolutely. oh, where is this movie, like, going? Because I, I thought that this movie was going to... I thought that that was the movie. I thought that this was going to be... Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like this, so that part of me was hard to adjust to. But not saying that there are, you know, uh, there's still, like, amazing scenes and, and, and stuff in the second act that I really loved and so, so crazy. That, but, so um, I felt that way. I felt that way, too. Exactly that it way was this is the first time. It was just trying to piece together, like, why these decisions were being made, almost. What? Like... But ultimately, I, I think I kind of, by the end, I was like, oh, okay, I understand what this movie was tr- really trying to be. You know? what, what I what I got to more, because I thought, because I agreed with you, I thought that the what the movie was going to be about was, which in a way this is what the movie is by mm-hmm. the end, but it just takes a diff- really different route, was that we it was going to be that Bev was the person with the good heart 
and Elliot was the yeah, one with the bad right, heart. Right. His his relationship with Claire was going to reveal that this guy was kind of a monster, and Bev was right. going to become a normal human being with Claire. Right. 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 Um, but then what the story kind of turns into is it turns into because there's that one scene where Elliot goes to see Claire in the locker room and they're talking and it's like about the idea. And he was talking about how her entering is a new phenomenon in the mantle brother. They're, they're called Elliot and Bev mantle and the mantle brothers saga because Bev catches feelings for Claire. He actually cares about her and they've always in their experience, they've never had it where a woman or anybody else yeah. had they, that they've cared for someone more than each other. You know, right. it's always been like this narcissistic love right. relationship with yeah. themselves, either both themselves. But what's, what's crazy about it yeah. is like, they're both narcissists, but for the other twin, yeah, you know, that, that's a that crazy is, thing is, about the movie. <laughs> yeah. Which <laughs> is, yeah. Which is, you know, an amazing part of this movie. And, you know, but it does it in such a, Cronenberg way that yeah. is only yeah. he could really do because with Jeremy Irons' performance, and it's it, obviously Jeremy Irons is unbelievable, but we cannot discredit like what Cronenberg does yeah. staging and yeah. how seamless. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Like, I think it's genius. You know, there's movies that like, like Us did it great, and there's, you know, like movies with the same actors, the same frame. I don't know what it is, but the, the, this movie, like, might be the best that I've seen. Because there's moments where you're like, because even a great guy, even a, like, I felt like enemy, I'm like, I see the scenes where, like, the, mm-hmm. the two takes on halls on screen. You're like, I see the scenes. This, I'm like, I don't, I don't know how they're doing this. Because yeah. there's just, this, it's so natural, like, how, they do it with, you know, doubles, you know, like stunt people. And yeah. It's I, I, really, really impressive. And which I, to that creates this really, this bond between them, but creates this, like, you don't know who you're, at some points you're like, I don't know who this is that I'm looking at. Is yeah, this Elliot but, or is this Bev, you know? Which, which, which I felt like that, that decision and the way that he, Cronenberg decided to navigate that made it more intriguing rather than confusing and for frustrating. Sure, for sure, Which yeah. is so easy to fuck up right. and just make this like, this is not watchable. I don't know what's happening. For sure, which, yeah, you know, absolutely. arguably is maybe some of what the first, the frustration is with the first watch to a certain degree. I, I definitely but, felt that in some class because I felt like, and it's not that I was like, I think I was just frustrated with, like, oh, man, like, I just, like, I, I, I think for me it was, like, I I felt like sometimes I was, like, am I supposed to know who this is? Right. Like, I, I hope that I'm not. Right. But, yeah, now that you see, like, now that looking back on it, like, yeah, that's part of kind of the, and then the ending happens, like, oh, okay, 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 okay. Like, yeah. you're supposed to, it's this blurring of, of the line between, you know, who's who and who's who and you know the blending of these two souls and or this one soul right you know, is uh really just fascinating and because it's, and a movie never like it's not i've never seen a, a film tackled like twins like this so it's yeah like, you know, it's, it's has, has a habit of going against the grain in a lot of ways but normally when we watch a movie and we follow a character it uh, you know the ex- expectation is for if you're in a if you're a bad person you transform into a good person mm-hmm, at the yeah, end you have yeah, a good yeah, moral. But Cronenberg yeah. kind of sticks with bad people as they either change flawed, into flawed horrific, people. 
like monsters mm-hmm. or like something something else. So it, it really takes like a Beverly because Beverly's really the main character yes, of the movie. Yeah, sure, We're really yeah. following the Bev Bev's twin. Yeah. Um and I they his... call each other fucking their names are hilarious. Like I love that they call Bev and Ellie. Yeah. I, I, I really like those names too. Funny. When I which, was watching which... The Last of Us literally right after the, the Oh, that's funny. Did, <laughs> I was like, yeah, Ellie. <laughs> it's Ellie. Ellie. Yeah. So what what were the parts then that you felt like like I guess there's that transition specifically into maybe like his Bev's his drug, drug addiction? addiction? Yeah, like yeah. it was like I think if I'm like this, I think like ultimately I just had a problem with like sometimes it just felt like like I feel like with most concept things like this or and with Cronenberg stuff, I feel like almost every scene introduces, like, a new idea, almost, to, like, the thoma- new thematic mm-hmm. idea. And there was parts of, like, the second act where I felt like it was, like, repetitive, where it was like, okay, mm-hmm. like, I kind of, I kind of, I kind of like, my initial thought was, like, I felt like maybe, like, 15 minutes or 20 minutes could, could have been cut out of the movie. Like, I felt like the, 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 the guys was a little long to me. Like, it kind of felt like, okay, I kind of get it. Uh, but that's, again, this is first watch. So, like, and I'm sure that I probably missed some things and, and kind of, uh... I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I totally hear what you're saying, though. Because it is, like, a really, it's a really long-winded fall. Well, because... it's just, there's a lot of scenes of him just, like, you know, uh, you know, not showing up to work and, you know, doing, you know, these deceptive things with his patients and, you know, that whole, that, one of my favorite scenes in the movie is that fucking surgery scene where he freaks out, you know, and like, it's like, holy shit, like, it's really intense. It's just like, it lead, I get it, it all leads up to the climax of the film, you know, yeah. where Ben and Ellie, I mean, the whole surgery <laughs> scene in their the apartment. separation. And what I, what I do enjoy, though, and I think, like, actually, God was thinking about it, like, it does create this almost um, feeling of, like, you don't know who is, like, who you're really, like I said earlier, like, who you're looking at, who is, who we're following, and then ultimately mm-hmm. happens to the, the end when you see the apartment, like, how, you know, fucked up, you know, Ellie's gotten and how almost, like, in this, like, drug field, because the character, you know, they're drug addicts, they're addicted to yeah. this fucking, you know, painkiller, and there is this, like, haziness and this, like, fog that happens, you know, in between that, like, is purposely disorienting. And then, yeah. so when the culminate, the climax of the film happens, it's, like, really shocking. And the, twi- the twist, maybe, or the, you know, this reveal is like really it, it it works for me. The third act of the movie really works for me. I just yeah, felt yeah. like I just felt like there maybe could have been like trimmed out a little bit. I don't know if this movie could should have needed to be two hours. Yeah. I think that's, it maybe yeah, could have been I think there's a there's so a movie that exists that's an hour and forty minutes and it's like mm-hmm. perfectly tight. But I, I that's, feel again, yeah. First viewing of it, I, I'd be, I'd be so, I'm so curious now what you would think if you, when you, if you watched it again, because yeah. I, I remember feeling almost exactly that way too. Right. But well, this time when I watched it, 
I felt that more of all the degradation, like his deterioration scenes, right. were purposeful and unique mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah, totally. Because the first yeah, part, I feel like you know where it's leading. So like, right. It's like, it's like you're more. I saw you the know. connections, then it felt less totally. random to yeah. me. Right. Um, yes, uh, it felt random. Yeah. Me, I was like, okay, like I don't really quite understand like why we're taking so much time with selling this, you know. Like drug addict guys, you know. Right. Like, it also felt. It also felt when I watched it this time. It felt way faster when I was watching it. Like the it, the pacing, like just like moved so much yeah. faster when right. I watched it. Um, right. Because the scenes, the scenes, I like the idea of um, the first. Because first there was that part where he was he separated from Claire. She left, and he was isolated. And Elliot had to had to save Bev. And yes, kind of yeah. lock him up, right? And then there was like it was like Elliot dealing with the damage control of Deb, Bev, right. kind of of trying to function normally, trying to be a high functioning right. addict, right. until that surgery scene, which was like the nail on the head. And then the switch that I I really liked was when Elliot decided to try to get synchronized with him. I loved that idea oh, too. Oh yeah, which, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. doing that, and that's really oh, yeah. was the moment that led into the second, like the third act. Yeah, the, which is the, just when it gets just, just trippy and just weird. Like, yeah. It just gets off-putting, you know? There's also, so there's also, <clears throat> like, the theme in, in that middle section, which, with a lot of confusing stuff, I feel like the second act is, like, the really confusing, wild, yeah. wild part of it. There's also the, his, Bev creates the surgery tools for mutant women. So what did you think of that? So that, I, I, that was weird. I, that yeah. part, like, kind of, that, I, now that you say that, I actually kind of forgot about that. But yeah. now that you say that, that that's the moment that completely threw me for a loop. Because I was yeah. like, I don't, okay, I don't really know what's going on now. Because I understand that Claire, was it Claire that was the one that had like... Yeah, the, the trifecta uterus. So it was like, you know, a mutant, so it was this idea of like, which I love, I think it's amazing, it's such a Cronenberg theme. And, you know, that ties into the crimes of the future and this, like, idea of um, mutants or this idea of, you know, like, creating new organs or creating new uh, undiscovered, uh, you know, the under, you know, the unknown territory in humans that, you know, that we, uh, you know, we don't understand, you know? Yeah. And this idea of them becoming... This is how I saw it. I, I don't. I, I don't. Seriously, you think of it, but no, yeah. The idea, like, Dad was getting, you know, so, like, obsessed with the idea of, you know, this, um, this, I like this idea, of, you know, like this undiscovered thing, you know, because he's a scientist, but also it connects to like maybe like who he is and as a twin. Because mm-hmm. there are these great, uh, there's an amazing nightmare scene that I fucking love. When, like, he's, he's, this is the scene where I'm like, you said this to me? Like, Cronenberg fucking did this. Yeah, like, oh yeah. Hands down. Yeah, the, the nightmare scene, yeah, the Siamese, the, yeah, that whole, the Siamese twin thing is another thing that we can talk about that I thought, I just, I just thought was fucking brilliant. That the whole, you know, the talking about the separated Siamese twins and how that, Mirrors to them and and um, and uh, Elliot Ellie. and yeah. how they um, how that kind of culminates kind of at the end and how 
it's always like the, this idea of Chinese twins and this idea of like connecting souls was tormented basically and using this as almost like a template almost like how they would you know uh I don't know it's, it's really crazy and weird but uh but it's I don't know like him being obsessed with the 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 body, you know, in, in yeah. some way, and like I that that's kind of how I saw it, but I I wasn't totally clear on that. Yeah, yeah, know? no, yeah, I I agree with uh with with a lot of that. I think yeah. that's all like the type of stuff that's kind of going on in there. And when I I when I watched that the first time, I was also really confused with the by, whole gynecology aspect to the yeah, yeah, and and specifically the the equipment for mutant women. That was like a <laughs> yeah. really kind of left field type of thing, yeah. especially because my expectation of the movie, because the movie opens with those tools, right? Dude. And and, so and where most this movie opens is. Hilarious. Yeah, with them as little kids. Yeah, and they're like, the "Do you want to have sex with us in the bathtub?" And she's yeah, like, no, <laughs> no. And then just how that, fucks. like, how that leads. It's like these two scenes that are just like back to back, and they're just like thematically set up the entirety of the movie. You know. Yeah, and I just thought it was really cool. You know. Yeah, yeah. I, I really, I forgot about those opening scenes the first time I, after yeah. the first time I saw it, and I was, and it really, I really liked them this yeah. time. Yeah. Um, but the 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 working on the, those tools were really confusing to me too, because yeah. I, in my, my in my expectation, I was really, I think the sci-fi thing was also in how they show depict the operating room. The operating room, yeah. it looks like a cult room. Right. It, it's like, it's culty and weird. That also and I think, reminded me of Crack Crack to the Future. Like yeah. The, yeah. Yeah, like the, the surgery, performing surgery. Performing surgery. Yeah, right, yeah. Right. And I feel like that was, um, th- there's this whole idea that the mantles are kind of eccentric geniuses who right. try right. unconventional uh, processes to work on these on these women. And I think they deal with a lot with like infertility and making like, like clamping yeah, tubes and stuff or, yeah, or, or helping yeah. people right. become pregnant. And um, there right. was also... Which is like adds an extra layer of fuckery. Yeah. With, you know, with what they're doing. You know, and, like and, and I think... <laughs> and it also was the thing that was... Claire's character was also a big part of that because she had this huge, deep desire to bear children and right. become a mom, right. but this inability to do so. Mm-hmm. But then these brothers have, like, this sexual attraction to her, but they also have, like, this obsession with the inside and her her yeah. her, yeah, her, yeah, triple, yeah. her triple her triple uterus, um, which gets into, like, this obsession with the inside. And then in Bev's sort of drug craziness, there's also, like, his obsession... With he's getting like paranoid about that the bodies the inner bodies of the women are changing like they're strange they're not right anymore right. and he has to like fix them with this bizarre equipment yeah. and the thing that I missed about the equipment that 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 I missed the first time I watched it was the scene where all the time when he's in his drug craziness he's talking about like I'm having to fix the insides of the women like I'm having to work through like. Mm-hmm. These these problems in the insides, and I need these new innovative tools to do so. But when he's when he's um, when he sobers up while he's with Claire before he goes to see Elliot, right. he, when Claire asks him what are these for, you know, he says that they're for uh, 
separating Siamese twins, you know? So in his moment yeah, of clarity, right. he shifts it. It's like he had an epiphany right. of how to like separate the soul. So like there's also that aspect blended yeah. in there. And I think it ties, it ties back to the womb stuff a little bit because that's yeah. where twins are first formed right in the womb uh-huh. and in the, and the, yeah. in the okay. woman's yeah, body. Yeah, 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 so yeah. like all of that still like, that's not like a direct, this is what this means. And this is right. what this is, but those are like all the things I was seeing and how they kind of connected yeah, and how they right, transition right, right, right. and why they yeah, matter yeah, totally. in comparison to each other. Yeah, um, I mean, you're absolutely right. That's so wild. I mean, like, it's so, yeah, I mean, you would only get that from rewatching this movie. Uh, yes, um, yeah. And, yeah, all that is, like, fucking fascinating. And the most Cronenberg-ass shit <laughs> I have ever heard. I know. But it's weird because this film presents, it's a different film because it presents it, it, there is this level of mystery to it, and it's, there's this level of, and a lot, most of these films, there's a level of, you know, um, wanting you to just, you know, rewatch it and discover it, you know, and, like, go yeah. back. And, yeah. You know, it's not this type of film and, like, why I think, you know, some people have, you know, completely don't understand the Eternal First movies or don't even try to understand these films because it's, like, they are very thematically abstract. And that's something that I love about his work. And, like, just yeah. you describing that, makes me want to rewatch this movie tonight. I mean, because not, on top of being a really entertaining and, and weird, you know, movie, it's well-directed, you know, it's, like, super well-shot, well-paced. It's, like, they're always intriguing, but they're, there's always this deeper, just weird, unique element I know, to yeah. his films that, are, that is so really interesting to chew on and like yeah like i didn't get i didn't get a lot of that what you just said but i love what i mean i just love that yeah you know? this I idea know. of like you're right like connect because thinking about the Chinese twins and thinking about moves and thinking about you know this obsession with moves and thinking yeah about, you yeah know, it's like that's pretty interesting and it leads into like this super fucking you know the box you know crazy scene <laughs> At the end, when you know, is it Ellie who 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 gets uh, butchered? It's Elliot, uh, right? Bev, yeah, Bev butchers Ellie. Elliot. Yeah, yeah, and um, in a drug, and Elliot wants to be butchered, correct? Yeah, like he's like, you know. Well, that's 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 something that is kind of disturbing to me about mm-hmm. that about that final scene too, oh, because yeah. no, it's totally fucked up, right? Um, it's, because. Uh, because what 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 really got under my skin like this this film yeah. um like fucked me up more the second time mm-hmm. too like the yeah. first time I was just kind of confused but the second <laughs> time like I was I I, I was yeah. I was really like I, yeah. I was kind of bristling I was like oh that oh um, yeah the end yeah. yeah the end oh so what what fucks me up one part that fucks me up about the ending is that Bev has seemed to has is clear-headed again you know he's like off the drugs it's been like uh, yeah it's been a week and then he finds ellie who has now become a drug addict to try to synchronize with bev yes that's the crazy yeah they're now that you synchronize is such a that part is like now that you say that it makes me understand the movie a lot more because it's like 
For some reason, it gave me a, a disc record. I said, watching these at home is different. You get distracted. You know, if yeah. you hear, like, <laughs> Squirrel a fire siren, yeah, a siren outside, <laughs> and, like, you get a line or two, like, this is why movie theaters are great. You sit, there's no distractions. You just, just focus. Fucking movie. Um, so, but, yeah, this idea of, like, almost, like, this uh, synchronicity that, like, almost they can't help. It's yeah. like soul connecting is yeah. so creepy because yeah. kids, I've always thought, man, and in horror forever, kids are just creepy. Like you Persona? Know, there, there's yeah. this movie called The Shining, you know, yeah. that has these twigs in it yeah. that are, <laughs> that are really up. iconic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but there's a reason, like, twigs are this, like, not just in The Shining, but obviously throughout horror time. And, and horror stories and, and, and human existence, honestly. Doppelgangers yeah. are disturbing in some yeah. way. And identical twins are the uh, the real life equivalent to a doppelganger, you know? And so Cronenberg took that idea and fucking ran with it, right? Where it was like, yeah, this Absolutely. idea of like, what if these people were literally connected by the soul and that led them to you know, kill each other, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, continue on to, like, what you thought. Yeah. The the last scene of what you thought was so disturbing about it. And all all of that is why, is part of why, like, it's so disturbing to me, all of what you just said. Right. Um, By the way, do you know any identical twins? Did you ever, like, grow up? Yes, I went to high school with some identical twins. Yeah, my Um, my best friends, um, one of my best friends, Max, Seneca Max, his... Sisters Annabelle and Lou um, are uh, identical twins, and so I kind of like grew up knowing two identical twins. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and, uh, and the, still the, do. Yeah, and, and and it's it's really interesting. It's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, so after after that, after Bev finds Elliot, there has one of my I think a really um, this is I think one of the more famous scenes because it has some of the tech magic that makes it look pretty seamless. Yeah, about of. Uh, two Jeremy Irons on the screen at the same time. Right, 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 right. And it's the scene where they're walking through the apartment and uh they're t- and Elliot's explaining their drug use routine, like what they what they yeah. do together. Oh my god, incredible. That seems and they're awesome. all they're all synchronized and they Yeah. Oh my god, amazing, 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 amazing. Incredible. One of my favorite Cronenberg shots and scenes uh that I've ever seen of him. It, it, it's amazing. kind of yeah it kind of takes your breath away it's yeah, just one it's of those because your brain like, I'll, I'll never forget that shot or yeah later. because it's also it's also great because it's so simple you know it's not that it's 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 yeah. it's complicated because you have two jeremy irons but it's well, just it's, a it's tracking shot simple, right but it's like so powerful it's so po- yeah i mean in the context of this amazing, but technically unbelievable i mean amazing idea, yeah it is really amazing yeah. like impressive shot you know like this really trippy cool idea that's not like using you know these gimmicky yeah you know, like, yeah, yeah it's, it's not like, gimmicky it's at all pure filmmaking it's just pure like just awesome things that you can do with with cinema you know just with no effects visual effects or anything yeah yeah and uh another another moment that really got this is kind of not in the context of explaining the ending but I remember when they were sitting down together after initially taking their drugs right after this shot that we just described. Yeah, right. Um, they're sitting right next to each other, and Bev, I think, says to Ellie, uh, happy birthday, you know, and they have, like, this <laughs> oh, yeah. moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and they're eating cake with birthday? their hands. 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's our birthday. Yeah. But there's one moment where Jeremy Irons as Ellie goes like they says, I want some ice cream. And yeah, that yeah, moment, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, did you find that as creepy well, as I yes, did? Yes, because, well, my favorite moment in the movie, and I think we'll get into, you know, probably, like, I would assume the most, like, well-known iconic scene of the movie, like, at the end, mm-hmm. ties into this uh, really deep-rooted, um, disturbing thing about this film that, you know, twins have, where they grew up together, they knew each other until, from the womb, and t- literally... Yeah. Literally. Yeah. From, from the, the womb. Yeah. To uh, adulthood, and these guys never separated, right? And um, never. They live with, with each other, and there's this great. This is really funny too. They have some lines that are very funny. Yeah. Um, but there's a part. There's a part where Claire's like, "Do you sleep in the same bed?" And then has there's a moment where he's like, "No." Like, like <laughs> they like sleep in the same bed. Yeah. And but that underlies this um, almost like motherly or brotherly like uh like yeah um, yeah yeah uh so, um, what's the fucking word um not loneliness but um like uh naive naiveness oh it's like, oh uh, yeah like, oh yeah yeah almost like revert, re- like when you're disturbed you revert to a child yeah you revert yeah. to a baby yeah. And that's what makes the, the last moments between Ben and Ellie and, you know, the Ellie, Ellie. Oh, like, God, almost like scene. as a child, right? Yeah. He refers back to a baby because that's all he knows, right? It's like, it's, it's like this, uh, you know, it's it's really, um, you know, I don't, I'm not, I, the, the, the psychology of that is, I wish I knew a psychologist, but yeah. it's probably, Way more interesting than I ever would have described, but it's um, that is a common thing that I see, and, and, and you know when and, when traumatized individuals, you know, and these characters are traumatized in a way, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. Because one of when, yeah. when you say that with the with the ice cream scene and with that Ellie scene that you were talking about, it's all about, kind of yeah, it's all yeah, one yeah. What 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 I I, I feel like it's it makes me think of like um like the uh, Freud's id you know like right. when you're when you when you lose your consciousness like your ego consciousness right. you yeah. it just it's like lets loose those primal id, id emotions totally. which are yeah. kind of like right. childlike right um and well, and it just the, like takes to, over so they get really disturbing you know like in, with uh, people with war for example mm-hmm. who experience war like for with characters who who you know get completely mutilated like their legs are blown off or right. they actually oftentimes revert they scream for their moms and these are grown men you know? yeah and, um, yeah which is really really intense um thing yeah. to think about but you're completely right it's yeah it's like this you know this destroying of the ego and you're left with your own and that's why that moment is, at the end is my favorite scene yeah because it, it uh, and... is deep rooted just fucking it just hits a fucking nerve in most people, you know, like yeah. that um, is uh, really disturbing, you know, because they, yeah. they're adults, they're living this adult, you know, life, like getting addicted to drugs, and mm-hmm. they're these accomplished genius scientists, mm-hmm. and having, but when having he has lots a traumatic experience, he reverts back to a five-year-old child. 
Yeah. 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 And it's it's fascinating. So so what so that ending too is really interesting actually for Cronenberg because you know he literally butchers butchers Ellie on the table there, but we don't really see it that much. We're looking at their faces more. You see the aftermath, which I love. I love that too. And it's and so the scene that we're talking about with um when when Bev wakes up the next day. Yeah. When so after after. Bev tears open Ellie's chest, which we see, which happens off screen. And the, why does he do that exactly? That is a really good question. Yeah. Um, it, it goes back. So that scene reverts back to like the early scene when they were kids and they were playing Operation. Right. right. Um, and they were going through it. And it makes me think of there was also that story of I feel like that it, it, this also really connects to the moment where. Um, where Ellie, where Bev was was still drug addled, and Ellie yeah. was trying to help him, and Ellie was asking, and Bev was saying, "Why don't you just cut me off and live your own life?" And he told the story of the mm-hmm. Siamese twin, where right. one died died of a stroke, and then the other one died of fright when he woke up next to him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. so yeah. then then there was this whole idea where it's like when they were like this in this drug addled moment, they decided to do this kind of operation right. to go through Siamese separation, so they right. could. And so Ellie, the bigger brother, was saying, you go on and live your life like without me and you can separate from me. But what's right. disturbing about the whole thing is that they're so whacked up on drugs. Yeah. It's like this isn't rational. It doesn't seem well, rational. And also, I literally, literally was just me when uh, the movie working, but I was under the impression that uh, Lev was the one getting butchered. And yeah. so when... Uh, Bev wakes up, and he's like, you know what I mean? I yeah. thought, which, I don't know, maybe it's just a movie playing tricks on me. Well, well, well that's but, the other thing that's kind of creepy about that scene is that, like, I, my only evidence that that is definitely Ed, Ellie, which I'm not confident in, is that he says, uh, like, little brother, which is what Ellie con- like, no, says throughout Ellie. the film. I was under the impression that Bev was the one that was getting... Like, during the butchering scene, I thought Elliot was the one doing the butchering. Right, you know? right, 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 right. And, uh, yeah, but you're right. Does he say something like, oh, little brother, like, on the, on the, right. okay. Yeah, yeah. But, 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 I, 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 like, not to, because I felt <laughs> that way, but too. But, I mean, that, I mean, the movie is, tra- I mean, it's this idea of, you know, they look exactly the same. And there's yeah. this, you know, and they're both drug adults. It's, like, kind of just, like, you know, it's a it's a weird experience. You don't yeah. fully understand who's and, and, who. And it's almost like, you know, to a certain degree, it it's like it almost feels like Bev absorbs Ellie into him as well. So it's like they both exist it, in right, the exactly. same person. Yeah, right, right, at the, right. After the separation. So right. it's like a merging. Well, that's, also, that's the whole concept, also, right? Also, it's I'm like, just realizing, you know, he picked up the super phallic stabby item, so it's right. also like the first instance of like like sexual intercourse through this yeah. through this violence, which is yeah. a Cronenberg theme, like yes. yeah, sexual yeah, yeah. violence. And like that, you know, that is totally like, yeah, I mean, that's totally intentional, you know. Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, even like, but even that, the idea is like. Like, you know, the fir- one of the first things in the movie is when he tells Bev to go, you know, have sex with Claire, he says, just do me. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there is this, uh, you know, this uh, absorbing. They've absorbed each other. 
yeah. In it's, a way, it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, and it's really it's, freaky. It's really fucked, you know? It, it's, it, it makes you think, I'm glad that I don't have a twin. <laughs> I know. Or an identical, <laughs> an identical twin. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Because I feel like if they're not identical twins, it wouldn't be, you're like, yeah, we're just born together. Yeah. But I'm sure, you know, but, like, identical twins is, like, a pretty, you know, I mean, wild the, experience. I mean, the twins that, that I knew, too, um, which I don't know about the twins that you knew, but yeah. they had, they weren't creepy. They were really cool. Like, they were really friendly. But yeah, the thing so, that was yeah. strange about them is that they, I mean, they were so similar. They did the same, all the same shit together, all the same classes. They were yes. identical. Yeah. Um, and it was like, and it was like, you know, telepathic in what how close right. they were For to sure. to yeah. each other. Oh yeah, totally. Same, um, same deal. And then when they went to, what was interesting is like, if they're listening, sorry, I'm putting the the laundry out there. Yeah. But um, they when they went to college, they both went to two different colleges. Or, yeah. Right. Yeah. They they separated. You know, it was like they, you know, and then when they. I remember seeing them for the first time after they went to college. It was like two distinct personalities. Like they oh, both had like found themselves, which is yeah. actually a really interesting thing to see. Because ultimately, I did think like I knew them, so I, I obviously could tell them apart and stuff. It was like they were the same person or something. But it was like very, you know, very, you know, close. It was close, you know, um, a resemblance. And, you know, it's, it's pretty. Well, the thing is, the thing, but it's like very the thing sci-fi. It's very sci-fi in our real world. Yeah, you know, like when, what, what's crazy <laughs> about twins is that they're literally duplications of each other. Like they are in a lot of ways, like like, yeah. like the same person, which is right. what's so interesting about right. the Cronen the thing because it's built on this scientific knowledge, this bizarro experience right. where we have like these duplications of people that occur naturally. And it's almost like this movie's like, what if? They, like two twins grew up together in their 40s and never separated. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because usually I'm sure that the experience with identical twins, they don't, in their 40s, live with each other. You know, yeah. they go out and have their own personal experiences and their own personal yeah. lives. You know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's a really cool aspect to this movie that um, yeah. is kind of you know, um, I could see a reality, you know, yeah, where, yeah. where something like this is and, real. And what know? I like, what I like so much about like the, the story form too, is that with, uh, within all of this craziness is a, the very like archetypical fundamental story of leaving home. Right. With this <laughs> yeah, really yeah. fucked up yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. method where totally. like home is literally like the relationship of the twins yeah. and having to separate from that. Absolutely. Um, um, yeah, which is which is so wild. I didn't think about that until the second time about like yeah. making that connection. It's like, oh my god, this is like about Bev growing up at forty years old. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's like it's not him separated from his brother, literally. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Um, and uh, you know, he went through some pretty drastic measures to do that, <laughs> but you know, he did it. And the last shot, I want really want to talk to you about. Yeah. So is that? mirroring something i love the last shot but i feel like this is a dumbass this is yeah like i said in the beginning of the podcast i'm an idiot <laughs> and so i for some reason when i saw that i was like Kane and Abel. yeah 
Because maybe I thought in my head, I'm talking literally about the image. I'm talking mm-hmm. like literally, it looks like it's referencing something. You know? Yeah, yeah, um, like, a, like a Renaissance painting but or something I, like that. I thought, I was like, is this, is he referencing the Cain and Abel story? Because if you, you know, not gonna, you know, if you go into it and think about that story, it does kind of mirror what happens in this movie in some way. You know, they're brothers and, you know, like it's a very Cain and Abel yeah. story, you know? Yeah, yeah, and you have the, you, you, you know, the, the brothers murdering brothers. Yeah, you yeah, literally, have, totally exactly. you literally have the brother butchering the brother. You know? I, I, and that's what's cool about that last shot because I feel like, I also felt that that like sort of power of history and in the also, visual of it. And in the opening credits, there's this um, the imagery, the the almost like weird, just like ancient, almost like imagery that like the opening credit, the the overture has in the beginning of this movie. You know, I don't know to kind of connect. You know, to I, I agree. I agree. These images that, that he let, he's trying to get you to think about. I, and it would be really cool. I bet with research, you might we might be able to dig up something oh, sure, yeah, like actually sure. about that that he referenced something. But you know, the one thing I did find that I was was kind of freaked me out a little bit. Twenty five years old when he made this movie. Well, it's twenty five years old. Oh, I mean, the movie's fuck! Almost that's crazy. Thirty years old. It's as older than us. In the eighties. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. Um, but oh, the crazy, man. the crazy thing about this story that I didn't realize is that this was based on uh, not true events. Well, actually, yes, some true events where there Whoa. was actually a story of two gynecologist brothers who yeah. uh, worked together, and I think were pretty successful. And they were found dead in their apartment together, and their their apartment had turned into degraded into filth because they were barbiturates addicts, you know, and wow. they were both dead in the apartment like laying like next to each other yeah. so that was like that story Whoa. was like the upset inception for that idea but that was right. that's like a real story i think they're uh uh cyril and something stewart are the gy- wow. gynecologist twins it's in the wikipedia page that's how i found Whoa. it i didn't dig too much for that yeah, but, i want um, to read up on that story. i couldn't find i couldn't find too much information about it yeah. just that it was uh kind of bizarre you know right. bizarre because like one of the well, twins they don't either they don't i mean they might not even have a lot of information about that. You know what I yeah. mean? They just like, I found think these I, two, two twins dead. You know? Yeah, like, I think they found, like, one died of, a, died of an overdose, and then the other one was just, like, dead, which is kind of like what That's the, even creepier to me, though. Yeah. Because <laughs> right. initially you would think, like, they both did drugs together, and they both died of a, of a fentanyl or whatever, laced yeah. drugs. But the fact that one of them died of a different cause... And they're in the same room is creepy as hell, dude. Right, it's right. Really weird. Which is what's freaky about Dead Ringers because, um, like, I mean, Bev's eyes are open at the end, so you could say he's just laying there, but he looks right. pretty dead too. Oh, he's like, dead. He, I think he's dead. He seems. I think. I think it's pretty clear <laughs> that he he dropped dead. Which or is Elliot, like the, Elliot's dead. Elliot. Or, oh, Bev, you're, you're thinking that Bev died yes. at the end of the film. Oh, yeah. I didn't get that. I thought he was just like holding him. Well, but, and, um, and when I thought he was but alive, But it is too. a really creepy, like, you know, image of both, both of them, you know, with their eyes open just laying yeah. down there. Yeah, and it but, plays it plays into the story again of, like, when, when the one the one Siamese twin died, the other one yeah. died, too. Exactly. Know? And there is that scene where, that amazing scene where he goes to the phone booth and calls Claire. And, yeah. You know, and there, there's this, you know, there's this implication that he is in this, like, very depressed, you know, like, just... You know, low state. 
you know, uh, because he, you know, doesn't even talk to her. <laughs> you know, he just drops the phone and just Yeah, and that, away. so that ending <laughs> scene actually connected with a, a earlier really, really wacky scene uh-huh. um, for me, which was the scene, you remember when Elliot was crashed, he was crashing on the couch, yeah. And um, oh, yes. Ellie, Ellie and that. his side hoe, yeah, and they had like this group hug, and Ellie oh, tried dude, to drag that, him up dude. for an orgy. <laughs> Holy shit, I love that. And like, I can't do this. Yeah, and which yeah, I wouldn't either, man. <laughs> what what I thought was so interesting, connecting that to the ending with the phone booth, it was like in that moment he decided not to go with his brother, but right. in the moment with the phone booth, he decided to he had to go back to his brother. So it's like it's right. like he he went. It's like he as if he decided to go up the stairs. <sighs> I mean that's just another thing that's just creepy, right? So it's yeah, like, because the, you have to also think about. I had to also think about that. They, you're led to believe that this is a thing that they do, like the, the yeah. affair thing, that this is affair <laughs> swapping. And if this is the, and there's a great line that, you know, Elliot, Elliot is a fucking deuce nozzle. I mean, yeah. He's such yeah. an asshole. And he tells Ben at one point, like, you can't get pussy without me. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know? And, but you start thinking that, like, what the fuck? Like, how long are they going to do this? First yeah. of all. Yeah. And also, the psychological weird I mean it seemed like in that moment that Elliot gets off on this idea of letting his brother fuck you know his you know yeah and we, and we had the, and he had the and, weird escort scene where he hired twins oh, and he was dude. like one of you call me Bev the dude. other one call me Ellie that's another <laughs> scene like, A- amazing <laughs> scene oh my god I fucking love that scene yeah, yeah. he's like, you call me bad and you call me, ah! Yeah. But right, there's a, there's a pseudo-sexual thing going on. Yeah. You know, with these two brothers. You know? Yeah, and that makes me that makes me think of the line when he was earlier on talking to Claire, when Claire introduced that she was having, uh, she was addicted to pills, and she said, you know, she threw, and she's like, I think I have a psychosexual problem. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It yeah, was yeah, like, totally. only Cronenberg yeah. would put in the word psychosexual into his script. Uh, yeah, and present it like sure that, would. Sure but would, man. but that yeah. that tie, that also ties into this weird shit that's happening with the brothers, where it's like psychotic and weirdly sexual. So it's like this psychosexual problem that they're also having. Yeah, man, it's really fascinating stuff. Um, I wrote looking at my notes here, and um, I wrote um a few. I think I, yeah, I wrote a few lines. Oh yeah, yeah. That I thought made me laugh. That made me laugh really hard. Yeah. There's one. There's there's one point where the affair is happening, and then he's kind of expressed that I think I really like Claire. Yeah. And he Elliot gives her the or gives him the pills, the drugs, for to give to her. Yeah. That and that he starts to take, right? And yeah. he starts to take them. That's how he starts to get addicted to them. Right. And he, when he gives it to him, he goes, she says it makes sex feel like Nagasaki, which is <laughs> hysterical. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and then uh, there's, I don't remember the context of this, I just wrote it down. He said, he needs a good sperm wash. <laughs> I didn't really understand what that uh, meant. Oh, I don't remember that one. <laughs> I, think he was ta- I think he was talking about, like Elliot was talking about, you know, like, um, 
between one of his patients about burying kids like wine and he, like his oh. he used to get like a sperm wash. Oh, I, I got wow, I've never uh, heard of a sperm wash. Yeah, me neither. I wonder How if that's real. How do I get real. my sperm wash? Yeah, clean them up. They're filthy. And then when I like the, <laughs> I like the phrase, a good one. Like, can you have a bad one? You know, like, can you have a bad sperm wash? An, in, an incompetent know? sperm washer? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was funny. But it also reminded me that, like, I feel like some people um, misinterpret. Predator's movies are funny. Some of them are, are He's a funny guy, and he has some funny-ass lines in his films. And, yeah. Uh, it, I mean, Lydia Girl, I mean, and sometimes when I watch it, I'm like, this is one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, him whipping the, I mean, the first time you see it, it's disturbing, but the more kind of, I'm like, this is just hilarious. And like, when he's, he has the dream when he's whipping the TV, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, it's just, it's just absurd. You know, there's this absurdity to his films. Yeah. Especially Crimes of the Future. I mean, I'll never yeah. forget when, I, when he first said, I think you can win best sleep. <laughs> I was like, that's the funniest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. And, that's, and that, that's... Whole, that whole scene is basically forbidden in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. It's really, like, he literally says, like, I think there should be a inner beauty pageant like, yeah. where they give awards to the best spleen. Yeah. Like, oh, that's so funny. That... I, I, I love, I love, love, love Cronenberg's writing. I think oh, he's so he's good. one of my favorite. Amazing. I mean, that's one of the reasons I like Cronenberg so much right. is because he's a writer-director. He writes, yeah. and, oh, his, yeah, totally. and his scripts are so crazy right. because they're, um, they're not, they're not, like, they normal? are so ambitious. <laughs> they're not normal. They ain't yeah. normal. But they're not. They they have like this layers of meaning, layers of like mm-hmm. humor, disturbing, yes. yeah. uh, really like cool, um, right. really freaky or funny. Like he layers all of right. that stuff on top of each other, and he doesn't really. He trusts his directing to n- not worry yeah. about having to drive in like the point of this is a funny yeah, scene, and I have totally to make true, sure yeah. that they well, know this. Yeah. And then, like, I forget, I was reading something today where, oh, it was, like, a conversation about a uh, car. And, like, I found car really funny. Like, the, mm-hmm. the movie that just came out last year. That's uh, up for Oscars. And, like, there were, like, people that were talking about, like, how um, they didn't, like, they felt like they weren't, like, almost, like, allowed to laugh or something. Yeah. And it's like, dude, yeah. you're allowed to... If you think something is funny, which, like, I'm not saying, like, uh, everyone will think Tar is funny, but I will say, like, there are points in it that are, that I found very humorous, but it's like, movies are allowed to be ambiguous of, like, what you should be feeling, and Mm -hmm. Cronenberg is a prime example of that, you know, where he just, yeah, like, what you're saying, like, the way that he writes and the way that he trusts in his confidence as a filmmaker to um translate the needed plot and story that needs to be <laughs> pushed forward yeah. but the feeling of it leaves it up to the audience which i fucking yeah. love i really I, like I, yeah. I think you kind of nailed down like what i really do enjoy about his film because something like crash like it's a good way to is say a it. film that i love i love crash but it is only he can make that movie. Like, it doesn't... Because it exists in this so crazy, absurd world that 
but the way that he presents it, like, only he can do it. Like, somebody that, maybe someone could, could direct Crash, but I, yeah, I just, I don't, know. I don't think so. Because I just think, because he has this tone of, like, Crash, it, it, I find it really disturbing, but I wouldn't be mad at anybody who th- thinks Crash is funny. Because yeah. it is so certain. It's about a group of people who fucking get off watching a car crash. Mm-hmm. Like, they're like, like, they watch a guy, like, they watch a crash, and they're like, let's go fuck. Yeah, yeah. Which is pretty funny. Like, on paper, that's absurdly, darkly funny. Yeah. You know? Like, literally taking the idea of, like, you know, not looking at a car crash. Like, you can't look away from a car crash. And instead of, like, being, like, not looking away, it's like, not only did I not look away, I got a big boner from, yeah. from watching that. You know, that's funny. Like, that's funny. Yeah. And, but it's this beautiful, just weird balance of, like, yeah, kind of funny, but really deep-rooted yeah. and disturbing. Yeah. Right? What's, and I think that as you're describing that, the thing that's, like, interesting to me is that yeah, it's hard. It's a hard thing to articulate yeah. because because when you when you see something like Crash and you watch it, and when you first see the expe- when you first experience it, it's disturbing because he's trying to lay it out as being disturbing. Sure, yeah, but when yeah. you realize what's happening in the way that you described right, it, you right. realize that layer of humor to it. And that's it like, and it doesn't take away from right. It uh, adds to the bizarro exactly, experience to, of it. Yeah, like there's this weird thing with like I think audiences, especially now. Where they they want to go into a movie, they want to know how to how feel. to feel, yeah, you know, absolutely. Like, even like a movie like Everything Everywhere All At Once, my favorite movie last year. It's fucking every moment. You're like, this is how you should be feeling, you know. Like, I was thinking no moment uh, where you're like, you know, uh, there's no ambiguous, you know, feelings that you have in, in that film. That's a really but interesting comparison. I think those to are make. allowed. I was thinking to, of that too. To do that, they're allowed to be like this. That are like, yeah, I'm allowed to laugh at the fact that he just said that this pill is going to make your, that this affair that he's having with his twin brother feel like a flood. Yeah. Like, like that's funny. Like, that's yeah. really dark and funny, you know? Yeah, I'm allowed yeah, yeah. to laugh at that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's interesting that you bring up everything everywhere because I was thinking of that too. And the difference between that movie and this movie, well, there's huge. <laughs> there's a lot of differences. There's a lot. Uh, there's a few. But uh, <laughs> on this... what it's doing. What it's doing. Yeah. yeah but, like what but, it's attempting to do. But everything everywhere was once interesting because it also has a bunch of tonal shifts where it jumps around and flips around all the time. But you're totally. really at right in saying each moment in its in itself is very clear what you the information you yeah, should be right, getting from right, it. But Cronenberg right. really um is way he's more expressionistic really yeah and yeah, he, he's he, not interested in like telling you yeah you know i mean obviously there are moments that are like but he understands like what is needed like what is like needed in a moment and then but ultimately what happens though when you get to that end scene in this particular film like ellie that is so disturbing like, yes. there's nothing funny about that no. and like i I would be concerned if someone thought that was funny. Like, yeah. It's just that moment, for example, is like, this is fucking dark, you know? Right. And, like, you can have, maybe someone has a, re- I have a dark sense of humor, but someone has a really dark sense of humor, they might find that funny, but I, mean, I, I don't. But yeah. I don't know, there's just, there are moments that you're like, this is, he's just, he really knows how to, like, play with you, you know? Yeah. Where it's like, 
And what, what, he understands what, what's needed in every moment. When, and what I like about Cronenberg's films, because a lot of times movies take the direction of writing very simple characters, which is very effective, of with characters yeah. who have one emotion at a time. But right. Cronenberg's characters have like seven yeah, at every crazy, single yeah. moment. And that's yeah. human, right? We don't have right. one emotion at a time. We have, we feel sad and happy. We feel yeah. sad I mean, and hungry. And dad, like what we're talking about, this endeavor, like both these characters are so flawed in their own deep-rooted ways. They're so connected. But the way that Jeremy Irons, part of it is his, like we said, like, amazing performance. Right. It's like, almost like, you know, I haven't seen a lot of, like, a lot of the Jeremy Irons films. This is the best movie I've ever seen. Like, I mean, his performance is just fucking, tra- it's like, it's, it's amazing. But part of that is because of all these subtle changes that he's doing, they make each one of these characters so three-dimensional that and and what's what's really impressive is like you can distinctly tell what's what and then there are times where you can't yeah i love that i think that's really great but he understood that that's the point of the movie that's the point of this movie of like this um you know this one soul it could be two bodies but one soul yeah the way that he i mean that is i I wouldn't even begin as an actor <laughs> to approach that. I wouldn't well, even know how to do that. I, I read uh, in the Wikipedia there was also talking about how, um, like, uh, John Hurt and there's fucking actor. another Love guy. But it was John Hurt and who was the other guy? But there was two big names who were like, "Fuck no, I am not." Even, oh, they, they literally uh, were like, "I can't do that." Yeah, I am not doing. They that. turned it down. They're like, "This is hard." It, dude, get this. It was yeah. Robert De Niro. Uh, um, what? Yeah, Robert De Niro. He was he was more uncomfortable. Like the script made him more uncomfortable. Yeah, he wasn't sure, uncomfortable. Yeah. I with can't the really script. feel good like that. Yeah. Yeah, like and this, so. and William Hurt was saying it's like it's hard enough William to play Hurt, one. Okay. Well, William Hurt. Yeah, yeah, he said one one. Sorry, uh, it's like too hard to play one role. But um, right. So like yeah, yeah Irons, That's funny though. Yeah. Jeremy Irons really stepped up to the plate. Yeah, about, it's a hard fucking role to do. It's not just like you know, obviously playing two characters is hard. And there's you know comes of examples where actors have done that but this is like there's so many subtle changes in it and so like 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 connected and he just understood like if, because this is the kind of performance if it doesn't work like if, it, if he chose the, if he steps over a line or makes it or makes for example the characters really distinct you know like yeah that's definitely bad like it it wouldn't work in the way that it does you know right it's it's I've always, I you know, I love, I love actors, and obviously I love movies. I love watching actors. <laughs> but what? like when I see a performance like this, I'm just yeah. like, it invigorates me. I'm like, what is like real acting? Like this is like fucking insane right. work. Right. Well, that's this a... is work. What he's doing. This yeah. Isn't, right. This isn't like fucking, you know. Dwayne the Rock Johnson stepping in front of the green screen and be like, right. "Hey, what's going on?" Guys? No, it's like this is like this is a job that he. This is not like he goes to work every day. Like this is like hard work. This is yeah. Um, well, you know, you know? You, you, the only role I can compare this to is uh, Wayman in Everything Everywhere at Once. Sure, yeah, yeah, Honestly, yeah, yeah. That's his, yeah, his yeah, performance that's, between switching wow, between personalities. 
Yeah, it is true that like, I, I just brought that into that for no reason. But yeah, there's connections. Yeah, it's a, that is a doppelganger. Which somewhere. is which is yeah. really uh, I didn't make that connection either. That actual yeah, connection, but um, but I totally agree with you because it makes me think about um, like sometimes you you know everyone watches TV shows, of course, yeah. and everyone watches bad TV shows that are fun. Totally. But recently, I've been really noticing. Like with a lot of TV and bad movies too, but a lot of times yeah. in TV, which has a rush production, it has yeah, to move totally. fast. Yeah. You see the characters that are representing and performing the characters well enough. Mm-hmm. But when you, for me now, I see those characters and it's like, I see someone on a set now when I see that. I see someone on a set right. Right. saying lines. Right. But when you watch which is, Jeremy you know, Irons. Beautiful too. You know, yeah. Yeah. But the distinction is like when you watch like this, it's like, right. that's not Jeremy Irons anymore. That is yeah. Ellie well, and just, Bev Mantle. And then, yeah, another thing that I, the last thing I say about the performance is like, it's the way, another thing is the way that he's playing off himself. Yeah, is, right. Isn't that fucking that's crazy? That's the crazy part. Because yeah. it's like, even like an amazing, even in Us, is in a great film and I love that film. Yeah. It's not this. Like the, yeah. the way that Lupita Nyong'o, for example, they play off when they're on the same frame, it's, it's good, but it's it's a little clunky, you mm-hmm. know? Because it's hard. That's like, how do you... So because Lupita is acting to a tennis ball. Right. Or, a, or you know what I mean? Like, for the eye line. And Jeremy Irons is doing the same thing, but it does not feel like that. It feels no. like that no. he's talking to another person that is well, in the room. Well, the other know? thing that's crazy about Dead Ringers um, is that in Us and Enemy, which these aren't bad Enemy, decisions. Yeah. I agree with you. I love these movies. But they're, they're, they're sort of like a set piece where there's some kind of visual design right. that, that is adding to the elements. But so mm-hmm. much of Dead Ringers is just like they're just in a fucking room talking. They're just talking yeah, to each exactly. other. Yeah, right. Well, and it's just shot reverse shot close-ups. But That's even it. there's moments where they are like, some of the staging is just like really, it looks simple, but it's super complicated what they're doing. I, yes, like, that's super the more, true. The more subtle stuff that they do is actually the more complicated stuff to, to actually pull off, to make mm-hmm. like believable. Because yeah. like just like little moments of like someone, you know, moving out of the way. Or just like subtly and not feel like that it's like a movement. Yeah. You know, like, okay, this part of the rehearsal, I have to, you know what I mean? It's like, no, it feels so like lived yeah. And like, you're right, like a lot of these doppelgangers, they have to design it in a way that they could shoot it officially. Because these movies, too, both those films, us is a much bigger of a production and there's more like a set piece, like set pieces and like right. action scenes and you know there's more complicated things going on so like they have to design it in a way that's like not gonna be a headache in the right. editing room and you know right, like, right. I totally get that but um you know they just put in the work to make it feel as lived as they possibly can you know in this film yeah it's really crazy. If anything, if you listen to this podcast and you are like, I've never seen this film, film sounds fucking crazy, but you love acting, I mean, this is one of the most, like, impressive performances I've, I've seen. Yeah. It's really, really impressive. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree. I really, I really, I really, really like it. But ultimately, I, really like I think I liked this film more just talking about it. That makes sense. Yeah, I feel like it's one of those. <laughs> that uh, makes this movie sense. is awesome. I'm so happy that we watched it. Yeah, and, I, uh, I, I am too. I I'm... can't wait to watch it again. This is another Cronenberg banger, man. Yeah, for me. I, 
I, I'm really grateful to have watched it again too. This was a, a awesome opportunity for a rewatch yeah. because I was I was I'm I'm just so jazzed about how awesome that second viewing was because it was so totally it, yeah. it was way different. It I was know, so different. Really so exciting, right? When you see something and you're like, you know, you like it, and you're like, yeah, it's cool. And then you revisit it, and it's just I don't know your life experience or you know whatever, something however the film works. You know, it's yeah. Just like, it you know, you, you know that's why that's why rewatching things I love I love rewatching especially films like this you know mm-hmm. that are designed to almost do it you know when I tell people that they don't understand it like yeah. I'm like I think this movie is designed to watch again like I agree times. yeah and people are like really like yes like because of the way of the the way the film works it wants you to go back and revisit it you know yeah and it's funny like that. I have friends that are confused by that because I'm like, have you seen Donnie Darko? She watched like Donnie Darko once and you're like, yeah, I get it. It's perfect. Yeah. Like, no, you, I, you're lying. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. And, and I'm sure and every person I've watched who I know has seen Donnie Darko has seen it at least twice. Yeah. Because of that reason. They're like, what can, you have to go back and like revisit it, you know? Or a fucking Nolan movie, like, you know, for as, as big as he is, like, yeah, like, did you watch Memento once? Yeah, like, yeah, you know what? I got it. That was I, easy. I never need to see that again. <laughs> yeah. Or The Prestige with that amazing fucking reveal. It makes you watch the whole fucking movie a different way, you know? Yeah. It begs you to almost do it, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, it's it's interesting. It's just it's, it's just one of those things where, like, um, yeah, it's it's we, it has changed now that we have everything everything available all totally, at once. Yeah, it's right. hard to not feel like the pressure to just watch something new because yeah, right, back right. back when that wasn't available, then you watch what you had and you would right. watch the things that you loved over and over right. again, which changes how movies yeah. are made and it changes how people watch movies. But yeah. um I, I'm with you. I mean, I, I love a movie that clicks on a rewatch or needs totally. the rewatching yeah, I, I i love it because it's it's such a deep and impactful experience for me when it hits like that yeah and even like things that are i'm not talking about even like things that don't even have like clocks like this that are like you know even more like straightforward films like you know if you really like it once and you step back and watch it you know 10 years later with 10 years of life experience you might watch it in a completely different way you know, with all this baggage, all this life baggage that you have. Yeah. It's like, you know, you can watch something in a completely new and invigorating way. Or the opposite. Or you can love something and then, you know, watch it 10 years later and be like, this is not as good as I remembered it. Pretty meh. You know? Pretty meh. Yeah. Yeah. It always Interstellar. I said it. <laughs> Come fight me. <laughs> There's more pitchforks. You got the Hulu, the Netflix guys, and now you have the Nolan fans. The Nolan I fans know, were there yeah, when you were. I, I want to be the villain. You know? <laughs> <laughs> With this new podcast, I'm, I'm on my villain arc. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's funny. That's funny. Well, but yeah, man. Great film. Dead Ringer uh, definitely goes up on my shelf. About it. Holy shit, that was a wild discussion. Yeah, that was cool. That was fun. I got a lot gonna, out of that. I gotta too. go to my gynecologist appointment. <laughs> <laughs> Take a look inside. All right, friend. Pull up your fucking watch list. What are we watching for next week? All on right. The, on the next phase of the movie quest. Ooh, I'm pretty. I'm pretty excited. The movie quest. The next step. Yeah. The, okay. the, on our on our quest for uh, this one. cinephile literacy or fucking 
when we uh, achieved uh, <laughs> uh, mega brain status, you know. And, and enlightenment, movie enlightenment. Yeah, enli- yeah enlightenment. <laughs> okay. Cinephile enlightenment. <laughs> Here's the first four we have. We have okay. Colossal. Okay. Um, we have. Never seen it. Dolomite is my name. Oh, okay. Amazing. Uh, we have the bad guys, the animated. Okay. Film. Yeah, never seen it. And little shop of horrors. Oh, those are all four. Those are all cool movies. Um, so which of those have you seen? Little shops of horrors. I have. Yes. I okay. Love, I, yeah. 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 I've seen little shop of horrors. Have you seen? Have you seen those other three films? No. Okay. Yeah. yeah literally, it, bad guys. Colossal, bad. The bad guys. Like, Glossal and Dolomite is my name. I've seen Dolomite. Okay. Yeah, I've seen Dolomite. I'm interested. I'm interested. Okay. So I'm interested in Little Shop of Horrors because that's a classic and I do want to see yes. that and I've never seen that before. But I'm also dope. I'm also intrigued to watching a movie we haven't both of us haven't seen before because we Absolutely, haven't yeah. done that so far. Right. So I'm intrigued by the bad guys because I've heard yes. that that movie was uh, is that's I've heard that, that works well, right? yeah, and I've heard that that movie is actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. And since we're such fans of Puss in Boots now, but, like, dude, I watched it again the other night. Yeah, what great you, movie, man! I, I need to see it oh, again. I, 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 that God. movie was really great. Um, ooh, so I'm kind of conflicted. I'm kind of conflicted. So you can also re-roll <sighs> for another <laughs> for another one. You can also re-roll, but you have to choose one of those four. Yeah, you re-roll. You know. Let's let's do Little Shop of Horrors because I don't know when okay. there'll be opportunity for me to see that again, and That's I might just I'm, yeah. I, and I might just boop like bad guys on a, like cool. any day. So let's do Little Shop well, of Horrors. I'm excited about that. Yeah, because um, I haven't seen that. I before. love I love Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah, I actually watched it for the first time last year. Oh, uh, sick for Halloween. So that'll be fun to rewatch. Um, cool. All right, next week is Little Shop of Horrors. And uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening. See you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.